Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today, I have another fabulous guest for you. I'd like to welcome Deborah Laws, who is the CEO and founder of Dance Business Lab. Deborah was born in Hastings, Sussex, and danced from the age of two up until she attended Lane Theatre Arts at 16 years of age. Following a highly successful career as a performer, dance teacher, multiple dance school owner, franchise owner, and ISTD modern and tap examiner, Deborah began studying business for the dance and performing arts industry in 2016. She now works full-time in a hugely successful business, Business Dance Lab which has a tiered membership program for those with dance businesses. She is the author of the number one best-selling Dance Business Planner and hosts the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. She's a guest speaker for many examination boards and dance events, runs retreats and inspirational days, and is 100% committed to bringing the dance industry together to aid each other's growth. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Deborah. I am so looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for having me, Leslie. I'm excited to chat. So I ask my guests the same question. What is your money story? Well, I think my money story is quite a sensible one. It might be a bit mundane, actually. I don't think it's very exciting. <laughs> um, my My kind of background to money, I always have a memory of my parents sitting down very old fashioned once a month my parents would go and get the amount of cash out that was allowed to be spent that month and they would chop it up into little brown envelopes and there'd be an envelope for the bills and an envelope for deborah's dancing fees and an envelope for the car and you know and and they kind of diced it all up and um they were the kind of they were very organized with money and but there was never anything left over. So every penny was kind of accounted for. And so I think I grew up with a, a kind of a, almost a slight scarcity around money. Like we lived a wonderful life. We weren't well off, but we certainly were, were better off than quite a lot of my friends, actually. We had quite a nice house. We had a new car every two years. Um, so we were had a, we had a very nice um, upbringing, very nice kind of, money mindset money story but there was never enough for anything extra and so i think i've grown up feeling like you work really hard you're sensible with your money there'll be enough to go around 
but that's it. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think sometimes when you have that mindset, you then live within those bounds. And I've had to teach myself, actually, you can have more, you just need to create more of it, you know, and then there is extra left over. So I've, as an adult, I've kind of had to learn how to spend money. And how have you learned to do that? Um, I think that's around, you know, running a business and, and certainly in the more recent years when I've become more successful in business, I've realized actually, you know, when I have the right strategies and the business is going well and there's more money than the, the money I need, I can create even more than that. And it's not, it's not a greed. It's just an awareness that actually you can, you can create and have whatever you want. You just have to set your mind to it. And then I'm not a, I'm not a hoarder, but because I have this sensible money story, I will make sure that there's money put back. So there's a little bit of savings and there's money to cover all the bills. And then there's some extra money that we can just squander. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that's slightly more, um, I don't know, less sensible side to, to, to money that I now have has come through my being more positive that I can create it and earn it. Mm -hmm. How far away now would you say you are from the money story your parents gave you to the money story that you have today? Ah, yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I think I have a lot more confidence. Um, so, you know, I can, I know I can confidently go out and create whatever strategies or do whatever I need to do to get more money. Whereas previously, I think I just thought, well, you do your job, you get paid, there's enough money to go around and that's it, like my parents did. Now, because I'm a more confident business owner, I think the, the money flows more confidently back to me. And how have you developed that confidence? Um, I think I've developed that confidence through tr the trainings and the things that I've learned through others you know, seeing other people that are more successful than me that are just like me. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes when we look at really successful people that are able to create, you know, great incomes and, and, uh, and wealth, um, you kind of look at them, don't you? And you think, well, that's lovely for them, but I could never do that. Like, I'm not that person. I'm not clever enough, or I don't have the background, or I'm not brave enough, you know? And I think through seeing very normal other people, create magic that kind of makes you think, well, if they can do it, why can't I? You know, clearly you've just got to put yourself in the right place, mix with the right people, be prepared to put the work in and learn, and then um, believe, believe that you can. And I think, you know, I, I did a fair few courses to help me in my business and I um, brought on a business coach, uh, joined a mastermind. And when you're mixing with other people that are just like you, that are doing better than you, more successful, just kind of puts you in that. Yeah. I like, I can, I can do this and I want to do this. Like you're inspired, aren't you? By Absolutely. others. And it's, it's the art of the possible, isn't it? I think once you see what is possible through the eyes of other people who are demonstrating that is possible, if you have and using the two words you use there, confidence and belief, it does instill in you that, well, actually, if I, if I take some of what they're doing and I replicate what they're doing, then they've demonstrated it's possible for them, therefore it's possible for me. 
Yeah, totally. And I think that's why, you know, the business mastermind that I'm in has been huge for me because, you know, they always say business is 80% mindset and 20%, you know, knowledge or whatever it is you're doing. And I, I think it's more than that. I think it's even more than 80%. You know, if you've got the mindset and you're um, prepared to do the work, but you know that you can, you know, I read the um, the wonderful Michelle Obama book, Becoming Obama, um, and she just said something that really made me think. It's such a simple thing, but she just said, somebody had to grow up to be Gandhi. <laughs> somebody had to grow up to be Oprah Winfrey. Like, those people are just people like you or me, you know, they were just kids one day running around on their bikes and, and playing, you know, but something along the way, whether it was self-belief, whether it's passion, whether it's determination, whether it's empowerment, you know, whatever the qualities are, I know the circumstances as well, but, you know, we're all capable of doing quite remarkable things with our Absolutely. life. Yeah. The reason some of us don't is either because we haven't found that purpose or we don't believe we can. And I think that's it. That's just the two things that hold us back. Yeah. Could not agree with you more. I think self-belief, self-confidence in everything that you do, in everything that is possible for you, is the key, is the key to having it all. And I was listening to somebody speaking um, on Clubhouse this morning, and I, I came across the room very, very accidentally, and I have no idea who he was, and I still can't quite remember his name now, but I will remember his story forever. And he has just celebrated his 55th birthday. He, he, he told us this in the room, and he was talking about what drives, what motivates him. Um, and he's very much into the, uh, the energy that you give off. And, and what you get back will be based on the energy that you bring into a room with you. And when he was growing up, his mother had several husbands. Um, he was pretty much ignored. His mum went from bad relationship to bad relationship. And he was ignored because his mum was more concerned about the man in her life than she was about her son. And he said he was never particularly good at anything when he was younger, but he always tried hard to try and get the attention of his mother. And he had taken up basketball and he was okay at it. He said, not brilliant, he was okay at it. And his mother came to just one of his matches in the entirety of his time at school. His mum came to just one of his matches. And he said what that did for him was instill in him, if he didn't have self-belief in himself, nobody else was going to instill it for him. So like we would do for our children, you know, we want to ensure they have rock solid self-confidence, rock solid self-belief. He didn't have anybody to do that for him. So he instilled it in himself. And listening to him in that room talking, there wasn't a pin, you know, not a pin dropping, you know, would be heard because he was so astute, so self-assured and basically said, you bring the energy to the room. You either believe you will be seen and heard and command that respect, or you will go in believing that you are one of many people in that room and you won't be seen or heard. So I think what you said there was very, you know, reflective of 
if you have self-belief, that's it. You probably mm. don't need much more. But if you yeah. don't have self-belief, that's re- really when you're going to be in trouble. Mm. Yeah, that's a lovely story, Leslie, isn't it? And I think it's also a combination of of I mentioned earlier about knowing what your purpose is in life. And I feel like a few things have to come together for it to really really work like for there to be a real spark i think you have to have a a good intention in most of the time that is in serving others in some way shape or form um i think you have to have a real sense of um what what you're doing and why you're doing it that's not always necessarily initiated by personal need it's initiated as i said out of wanting to to help and and serve other people um, and I think when you know that and when your intentions are pure and come from a kind of a heart centered place, and then you have the self belief to back that up, then that's when incredible things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And you're very much the embodiment of that, I think, because you built your current business, you know, right at going through the pandemic at a point where everybody who you know had to pivot so those who had dance studios etc cetera, etc cetera, you know were left at the start of the pandemic wondering what the hell they were going to do to actually put food on the table and you started your business during that whole episode so what was it that allowed you to do what you did to start that business, grow that business, and be at the point you are now where you have a very successful business? Mm. Yeah, I think it was, um, again, I think I got more in tuned with how how I can help others. And I realized that actually through helping others do something that I already know how to do, I have a gift for, um, not only does that serve others, but it fulfills a very big part of me, why I feel you know, I'm here, so to speak. And so when, um, when the pandemic hit, I had a business where I was still running my dance schools. I still owned a franchise, um, theater school. I was still doing, I was still doing lots of different things, very busy running around all the time. But also I'd started doing some one-to-one coaching, just wanting to help other studio owners, just wanting to share some of my knowledge. And that was just a very baby beginnings of a business but it was kind of like the fifth business <laughs> you know it wasn't it wasn't even like oh i do this other thing and then i'm just starting this new business i got had like five different businesses going so it was very very in the background i did it really more to help people than anything else um and i just found i really loved that like i really loved helping others not struggle um which so many people do in the dance industry and, and in my industry um and so when the pandemic hit i suddenly saw my whole entire industry all my friends all my you know my examiner friends everybody that i knew that had dance schools just like the word struggle doesn't even begin to to you know explain how it was for everybody and i had su- not all of the answers by any means but i had some of the answers like i had the the golden nugget of information that could help them in that situation and so to just kind of sit back and let everybody struggle just wasn't an option um and so at that point i just decided i've just got to go full in trying to help everybody get through this time and that's going to have to take shape 
shape in some kind of a different business model. I'm going to have to do this more seriously. Um, and as soon as I realized that that was taking off and it was, it was really appreciated and really needed, I then had to make other decisions like, okay, now this is taking over. I can't do, I can't do everything. And so at that point, I decided to start selling off my dance scores and my you know, a few of the other things I was doing so I could focus more. Um, and the more I focused on helping people, the more successful it came, it became. So I think you sometimes, you know, when you find that little sweet spot that you get into something that we kind of call the flow, like you don't even have to try very hard. The business just comes to you. And the more it comes to you, the more you're able to serve and the more it comes back. And it's literally like a beautiful flowing river. You know, it's not hard work when you get that right. And would you say this has led to your purpose? So your purpose has come out from everything that you have done rather than you were living your purpose prior to this point you're at now with Dance Business Lab? Mm, I think it just changed. I think the purpose has always been the same. I feel like my purpose is to help facilitate the learning of others. And when I was teaching children, of course, it was in a dance studio and it was around dance and dance steps and <laughs> being creative and through our art. And now it's the, the purpose is still the same, but it's just a different demographic and a different, a different way of, of serving others. And as far as your relationship with money is concerned now, would you say you have a different relationship with money than you had previously? Um, I do, because I think now I trust that it's just, I don't stress about money. I don't worry about where the next penny is going to come from. Not because, I don't, not because I'm saying I have enough now, just because I, I know it will just be created. I know it's, it's abundant. I have as much as I need. Like I don't have big dreams of being a millionaire or, you know, earning my first Porsche Panamera or, you know, I'm not massively money driven. I'm lifestyle driven. Like I want to have the freedom, the choices to work as many hours or days that I want to. I want to be able to live where I want to live. I want to have, there are definitely some lifestyle money goals. Um, but in terms of just having lots and lots and lots of money like that, I'm not really driven by that, but I, I know that because my purpose is on track, because I'm in the flow of what my genius is, that the money will flow too. So I'm much more relaxed around money. Mm. And you do seem much more relaxed. You know, I know when you and I had our first conversation probably 18 months, two years ago oh, about yes, you know, yeah. money archetypes, etc. Yeah. It does seem to be in a different Deborah mm. in front of me now, a much more in control, a much mm. more empowered Deborah. Yeah. And is and that Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because there's more, you know, the business has taken off and, and it's it's now got a nice steady income and therefore you just relax a little bit around it. Or whether I've just got a slightly different view to it um, in terms of keep doing what's helping others, keep keep providing a service that, that others can grow and gain from and the money will come. Like I don't sit wondering how I'm going to make money anymore. I just know that it will be there. You know, there's almost this, yeah, there's almost a spiritual connection now for me between my relationship to money. You know, it's almost quite a philosophical, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I like that, though. I like that. You know, I have a money audit that I take my clients through, an audit of their relationship with money. And one of the questions is, you know, if you walked into a room and you saw money was there at that party, what would you do? What would be your reaction? So if you were, if you walked into a room and, and money was there, what would be your reaction? In terms of the people wearing expensive clothes and do you mean no, so so money, so money's at the party. Money as almost a personality, as a character. Would you run up to it and give it a hug? Would you go up to it and shake its hand? Would you try and sidle around the room and not have eye con- eye contact with it? Ah, I see. What a lovely question. <laughs> um, I think I would greet it warmly. I would make it my friend, but if it didn't want to be my friend, that would be fine. And I can kind of see you, because whenever I ask that question, it's really strange. I'm in my garden office, as you know, and I can see the conservatory down at the bottom of the garden there. And whenever I ask that question, I can actually imagine money's in there, and I see it as, you know, the um, the big furry M&M characters, I kind of see it like that, and I kind of run up to it and, and give it a bear hug. And for whatever <laughs> reason, the, the party is happening in my conservatory. So in my mind's eye, I'm seeing you running up there, and I'm kind of giving it a bear hug, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm definitely not scared of it. Um, it's not something that frightens me, but I know I feel happier in life when it's my friend. Like, I don't know how I would feel if... It was really scarce. I've never been in a situation, apart from maybe when I was at college, when I was 18 and I had like five pounds a week to live on. (laughs) I'm quite old. Um, Five pounds (laughs) was a lot more back then. Um, You know, and I really watched every single penny. Um, I think that's probably the one time in my life where money felt frighteningly scarce. I had, again, you see, I had just enough to survive. Just, but I'm talking, you know, no brands, no, you know, everything was, you know, unbranded foods, cornflakes. Um, there was no extra money for any extra packets of crisps. L- literally, penny to penny was enough to survive on. And I knew that if I saved a certain amount every week, I could afford to go home to my boyfriend once a month. And so, again, yeah, same situ- same story, isn't it? Yeah. The story I had as a child. Yeah. Um, and so, th- but that's probably the, the only time where it's been that, um, you know, that's scarce, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have, I think I have a healthy relationship with money, but if I didn't have, if I wasn't in that situation, if money was a huge, huge issue, then I'm sure I wouldn't be giving it a hug if I saw it at a party. I think I'd be squeezing, <laughs> squeezing onto it, sticking it in my back pocket and <laughs> trying to take it home with me <laughs> out of the back door. <laughs> and something else I always get clients to focus on as well is their, is their future selves. You know, what is their future self doing right now as a result of the work that they've been putting in, essentially? So what is your future self going to be doing as a result of what you're building now? Oh, well, my goals really for myself and my family are to just be completely money worry free. So I don't worry about money, as I said earlier, 
But we all still have responsibilities around money. We've all still got to think, oh, gosh, I need to earn this amount to pay the bills. Um, and I would love to get to the stage, well, I will get to the stage whereby all the bills are paid. There's an abundant amount left over. If I want to give some to charity, I can. If I want to work less days so that I can sit on a beach, I can. Or go and volunteer at a shelter, I can. Like for me, money, my future money, healthy self is all about being able to choose exactly what I want to do, how I want to do it. And, you know, the, the money isn't an issue. The money is just there for that dream. And the last question I'll ask is, so what lessons have you learned about money from being a child to where you are today? I think to just believe that there can be more. You know, I think I just, as a child, it was definitely this is it and that's all you're ever going to get. Now I just believe that there can be so much more. I like that. Mm. No, I like that. And I think that that is just it, believing in the art of what is possible for you and having the self-belief that you can go out and make it happen, I think is a lovely, perfect message to mm. end on. So how can people connect with you? So I have a website um, where you can find out all about me and what I do and courses and lots of other things. I also have a podcast, um, which I love doing, love listening to other people telling their stories um, and a Facebook group. So I'll um, make sure that you've got the links to all of those things. And they will be in the show notes for everybody so that they are able to connect with you. Thank you very much for your time today, Deborah. I've really appreciated talking to you. Thank oh, you. it's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. If you have enjoyed it, I would love it if you would tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social media tagging me, Leslie Thomas Coaching on Instagram or the Money Mastery Business Coach on Facebook. But if you do... I promise I will give you a shout out in a future episode and I will be hugely grateful. I can also be found at Leslie-Thomas on LinkedIn. If you would like a copy of my free resource, Three Mindset Shifts to Double Your Income, then please go to leslieathomas.com forward slash let's hyphen talk hyphen money. I would love to hear from you, so please do email me at leslie at leslieathomas.com. I will reply to all messages, but please do be patient. Until next time, remember, master your mindset and in turn, you can master the money you make in your business.